Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. We are keeping up with our weekly recording schedule so far. It's just week one, but we're we're still doing it. I think I think we can count this as week two. Sure, week two. Yeah, we week one is over. We're heading into week two. Gab, what are you drinking? I am drinking a lemonade. Just normal, regular lemonade. It is. So the problem with this recording schedule is Monday nights tend to not be a fast and loose sort of night for me. Um, So I'm going to have to figure out how to adjust my availability to have a drink or two on Monday nights while Mm -hmm. we're recording. But I'll figure it out. The important thing is we're recording and uh, we have a lot of fun stuff to to talk about. Um, Are you enjoying anything this evening aside from probably the smell of like bleach and stuff? (laughs) All right. We should add context to that. I'm cleaning my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. We should probably just change the name of the podcast to Two Responsible Fans. We get, we get, like, as the season goes on, we get less responsible. Yes, I think, I'm sure. I think at NWSL Finals, the past few years, we have done our do, our duty. Duty. Um, yeah. And uh, I think we've lived up to our namesake. So we can, we can afford to ease into the season a little bit. All right. I think that's fair. So NWSL, week one in the bag. Four games, four results. Every game had at least two yellow cards. Several of them had multiple head injuries, but nobody tore their ACL in the first week. Yes. Right? Let's let's count that as a win. Yeah. Yes. All right. So debut game, the lifetime game of the week, but scotched by bad weather. That really sucked. North Carolina versus Portland. Uh, I was not happy to be right about this score prediction it was it was uh, a very interesting game I don't know if Portland was I, I think it was a combination of Portland being fatigued from traveling um, and just not being conditioned yet they did not look good it, it did not look good and they did not have great shots. Um, they, I believe they only had three shots versus North Carolina, 300. <laughs> um, uh, I'm was super proud of the scoreline. That was only one, nothing. I, I do think that there were a few chances that I wish Portland would have capitalized on, but North Carolina looked buff. North Carolina, they... Portland, three shots, one shot on goal total. Uh, North Carolina, 12 corners, Portland, one. North Carolina, 23 crosses, Portland, eight. Yeah. Uh, And North Carolina passing accuracy was only 61.8, but it was better than Portland's 56.4%. I mean, people can read the stats online. We don't have to go through every single one. Don't have to keep telling you these really depressing numbers that like each one is just like, oh. I mean, I'm... I'm a realist, so it's it's not, you know, horrible. I'm just saying that, like, sometimes sometimes you don't have to line it all up for those are, people. Those are preseason numbers. Those are preseason numbers, especially for a team that was out several players and is, you know, still having to work their shit out. It was not fun to watch. Um, it, but, you know, there were, there were moments where... <clears throat> They put up a good fight. Uh, Sonnet and Naran both got 
both got yellows within a few minutes of each other. I thought that that was that was kind of funny that they followed suit there. I think that they showed a lot of of gusto and and fight, and they did a really good job of shutting Crystal Dunn down. But it just wasn't enough, um, especially that you know last year. I think it came down to one or two points that separated. I, I actually am talking on my butt right now a little bit. I, I believe that the shield was fairly close. And so these points are going to come back to, to get us, to haunt us down the road. Uh, Midge Purse. I thought for Portland, you know, in preseason, Mark Parsons during a preview, he called her their most dynamic player that he'd seen during preseason. And I thought she kind of, she she showed a little bit of that in this game. Um, I I liked her. I liked kind of the way that she fit into the system. Um, I'm a little less sure about Ifeoma Anumanu. I realized once again, Portland was a little bit shorthanded. Anumanu is not necessarily someone who might be starting later in the season once other people get healthy. Someone made a great observation about her. She only really has one gear. Yeah. She doesn't, she's so lanky. You would expect that she'd have a pretty good stride, but she, she's not, I don't think her top speed is that good. She doesn't really have good acceleration, you know, onto or off of the ball. She's just very <laughs> one pace all the time. So you guys needed better than that in order to score. You didn't get it. No. How, what, uh, as, as a, as a minor, uh, a minor fan of Christine Sinclair, uh, what did you think of her performance on Saturday? I think it tapered off a little. I think she started off okay. She's, you know, once again, kind of dropping more into the, you know, attacking center mid role. Um, trying to pull the strings. She she was clearly searching for that simple ball, the simple feed, right? That opens up yeah. the player making the run and it just wasn't there in this game. But that's a preseason thing. I I think maybe as time goes on and they all adjust to each other, it'll get better. Um, as for controlling Crystal Dunn, I don't necessarily know that Portland actually did that so much as like if there had been two Crystal Dunns, it would have been game over. But because there was oh, only absolutely. one, <laughs> I think they were... I'm not sure if it was controlling her so much as, like, hammering boards over the windows and, like, putting your back against the door while the raptor is, like, clawing at it. Hey, you know what? Crystal Dunn can be a hurricane and they stopped the hurricane. Did they stop it or did they just shelter, like, in the basement until the hurricane passed? (laughs) (laughs) That, to me, means you survived. And then they came out and there was all this detritus and, you know, the house kind of missing a roof. And hey, they survived. But they survived. You're right. It's true. They, they, they survived. And, uh, you know, one to nothing. Regroup. Uh, we play Chicago this weekend. Chicago. Uh, who does North Carolina play? Next. Yeah. I think it's Orlando, but I'm. North Carolina plays uh, Sky Blue next. Oh, Sky Blue's first game. Mm-hmm. Hey, should we take bets on whether or not Carly's going to play? I think she will. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's it's uh, plenty of time before the April friendlies against Mexico, I think. And she just keeps posting videos of herself training like crazy. What the hell is she training for? In the snow. In the snow. Other people are taking breaks, but Carly Lloyd is like, she's not sleeping. She's maximizing her fuel intake or whatever the hell, you know? Mm-hmm. She's adjusting all her little Android parts. 
mm-hmm. to be running at 110%. So I think she'll play. Yeah, I that that'll be a good game. Um, Sky Blue versus versus North Carolina. We'll see. We'll see if North Carolina has the same gusto. Because you know, I mean, for for all the smack talk that Paul Riley does, he also winds up a team pretty well. He does at that. Well, we'll see. Okay. Well, we'll move on from Portland. Uh, you know, narrowly getting missed by a hurricane. You know what? It was one to nothing. It was one to nothing, despite getting outshot almost <clears throat> seven to uh, one. So be sure to vote for AD French for uh, <laughs> save of the week. You know, I thought Beto's had a pretty good save. Wow, salt in the wound. Salt in the wound. All right, all right, all right. All right. Uh, we'll move on. We'll move on. We, would man, you like that? I know I'm going to be in the punching bag for the first few weeks of this would you, season. Would you, like to, would you like to move on then? Cheese and crackers. Yeah, let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about Utah. <laughs> yeah, you can't exactly go. Let's talk about the Boston Breakers now, shall we? And you know how badly they lost this time. So jokes on you, I guess. <laughs> Stop. I would never. I would never. <laughs> Okay, Orlando, Utah. Uh, I thought this was such an unfair result for Utah. They were headed towards, you know, dream debut. Um, I definitely call this for Orlando. Playing at home, better continuity, not adjusting. But Laura Harvey was like, what's an adjustment period? I'm a professional. Fuck you. Fuck you. And, you know, the only thing that would have made this match better, I think, would have been had Orlando or had it been in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, this this match was entertaining, uh, at least the first half. The second half, I, I kind of tuned out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but the first half, I mean, right out of the gates, like I was still trying to figure out Go90, and there was a goal. Um, Go90 worked pretty well for me uh, on opening weekend, but I did see other people had problems with it. And it's just... If you can't consistently deliver in year two, like enough that, you know, reports or reports of malfunctions are still circulating, you know, somebody owes someone a refund. Well, my issue was that I was trying to do Go90 on my laptop Mm -hmm. and it was just buffering, buffering, buffering. So then I switched my phone and it was fine. Oh, okay. So that was, that was a little bit user error. I forgot about that, uh, that tip. Oh, that it's, like, optimized for mobile? Yeah. Okay. So, you know what? I liked a lot of what I saw from Utah. They're obviously not an entirely brand new team because a lot of the roster got kept intact. But Harvey brought in some some new players. I liked that uh, Jan's daughter. Mm -hmm. She opened up the scoring for Mm -hmm. them. I liked Jan's daughter a lot. Um, I thought Diana Matheson looked healthy. She didn't go the full 90, but I liked what I saw. She and Kelly O'Hara... They could create a little bit of trouble for other teams. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I liked Abby Smith. I thought she stepped up pretty well. It was rough, that collision she had with Alex Morgan. So Alex Morgan had to go out at the end of the first half because it, this whole thing was stupid. We'll talk about it in a second with the situation with the refereeing. So Alex Morgan is like hugely offside. The, the flag is up. Ref's not calling. So Abby Smith, who is, you know 
smart and knows that you can't trust the referees to ever bail you out in this fucking league is coming way the hell off her line. The ball's out of the box, so she has to go for the header. She gets the ball, but she and Morgan bodily collide midair. Like, it's a big slam. She threw Alex Morgan to the ground. Uh, I think it was bad enough that Morgan got a concussion out of it because Tom Sermani said she's day-to-day. That didn't have to happen if the ref had been more on her game. I completely agree. Um, And part of me is looking at that saying, okay, what would improve this? Um, And the referee just in general was a shit show. Um, But is it better communication? Is it better technology? Like what, what will prevent this from happening in the future? And NWSL history tells you there's nothing. That will prevent this. No, because um, but, this this ref is think, known think, known to be inconsistent. If I'm being polite, right, right, and and so, but I'm wondering, like, is this better training? Is this better? I mean, this is the match where Becky Sauberin got a ball kicked in her face and was given a yellow card, and at the uh, Orlando Marta scored the PK, the, mm-hmm. the tying PK, because Becky Sauberin got kicked in the face. She got kicked in the face badly enough that it like messed her face up a little bit where she could be like, look at my face. Look at my face. It's clearly but, you jacked. Know, she put her hands up in a unnatural way or something oh, like that. Yeah. So this year, NWSL is finally using pool reporters. It's something that they do in MLS. And a pool reporter is someone who's picked from the media that's attending the game. And they're allowed to write down three questions. It's taken to the refs. The refs write down their responses. It's returned to the reporter. And then they can report on whatever the answers were. And uh, Danielle Chesky, who was the center official for this game, wrote down basically that she saw Sauron's arms in an unnatural position and judged her to have intentionally handled the ball. Um, Wait, she talked about her assistant referee too. This was so the pool referee for this game was Mike Gramajo, um, and he posted a picture of the report. And he also mm-hmm. asked, "Did you consider speaking with the closest AR?" And Chesky replies, the "Referee had a clear view of the incident and confirmed with AR that there was no further information to add." So based on that, unless I don't know if someone was lying, um, better communication with the AR wouldn't have solved this one, right? Although better but, communication with AR definitely would have maybe prevented Alex Morgan from running into another goalkeeper. I don't know. It's it's like I cannot wait for the NWSL to shake this horrible reputation, but I don't know what it's going to take to shake it. Yeah, I've put in a request with the league. Like, so Chesky, as you might remember, also refereed Portland, North Carolina, the final last year. Mm-hmm. And I think there were universal complaints from both sides that the final was very inconsistently handled and it led to maybe some injuries or fouls that didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the final was not a good game. I'm six months away from it now. It was it was no bueno. It was not a good game on multiple fronts, but yeah, I think if the referee had had a more solid grip on the game from the get-go... You know, maybe Taylor Smith doesn't have to go off. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this is... And I, I'm pretty sure Chesky has refereed other games that have been... I don't mean by... By no means, I don't mean to say that she's the only referee from PRO that has messed up in an NWSL game. Like, 
She's not the only one, but she is the most recent example. And there's the final, which is the big game to consider. So what happens? Like, if the league complains, like, can they ask for better quality refs? Can PRO just be like, sorry, that's the refs that we have. Um, We can't just bring up more refs for you. They have to, you know, have a certain number of games to be qualified, a certain level of experience. And if that's the case then U.S. Soccer and PRO all need to be investing more in referee training. Long story short, Becky Sauerbrunn got jobbed. Oh, yeah. I mean, Utah got jobbed. Yeah. Laura Harvey and the Utah Royals team account were both salty online about it. Harvey a little (laughs) bit more so. I don't know if she's going to get fined. If she does, at least they've got Utah money. Like, they've got that Salt Lake money, so she'll be okay. They've... They've got bathrobe money. Yeah, bathrobe money. How much can the fine be? One one bathrobe? No, oh, we got this. We how, got much this. It, who, how much does it? How much banana cost, Michael? Twelve dollars. So she can just go out on her boat and contemplate things in silence. There's right. no soccer allowed on the boat. She'll be fine. I just, I mean, that Utah looked really good. Yeah, I thought they looked pretty good too for for coming out of preseason. Some teams are a little shakier coming out of preseason than others. Yeah, you know, it it takes it some teams are a little bit slow starters. That's fine. Uh sometimes the steps you take don't need to be like fast, they just need to take you in the right direction. Exactly. And it's only week 1. It's only week 1. That's true. I'm not freaking out yet. It's only week 1. We have so many So more weeks some of the some of the stats uh of the Orlando Utah match uh-huh. um Orlando actually had more shots on goal than Utah. Uh, Orlando was at three, Utah at two. Something I found interesting were the passing accuracy. Orlando was at almost 74% versus Utah at 67%. It didn't feel that way. It it felt more like a match where Utah was in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And so I was pretty interested. Like, I was pretty intrigued to see that uh, Orlando actually had more of the possession and more of the accuracy. I think, I think Orlando's going to be a, a tough team to play this year. You know, part of that might be... I mean, yeah, it's always interesting to see when the numbers don't exactly line up with the eye test, but part of that might be Utah having a more purposeful possession. They had it less, but they did more with it when they had it. Right. We'll see. I, th- I think Utah is starting off well, and they probably have a decently high ceiling for this season. Uh, I don't know about Orlando. I, I, could see, I could see Orlando putting their shit together. Yeah, I could too. Um, Tom, so Tom's, Utah, you know, Utah's going to be one of the one of the teams that uh, got a women's national team friendly, right? One of the stadiums. So they, I mean, I, I like the hype machine that's being put around Utah right now. Yeah, June seventh is the first game mm-hmm. against China, so they're going to be at Rio Tinto. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really enjoy the the hype. Um, I hope that Orlando, there were something like 9,000 fans at the stadium uh, for this this first match. And um, their first year, remember the hype machine Orlando had, though? Like, they had their stadium rocking that first match, and then it just died. The drop-off, yeah, between debut game and then the rest of the season average was a little... Mm, it was a little discouraging, but... 
And so I'm just, I'm looking oh. at Utah saying, okay, let's be better. So average attendance, actually, they were one of the teams where it went down. 2016, it was 8,700. And then 2017, it was 6,100. So they were part mm-hmm. of that general trend where, you know, most of the teams had a little dip. Um, it would be it would be nice if they flipped that for 2018 again. That beautiful stadium. And it's like not the worst location. And they have a pretty decent team. They've got... You know, Marta and Alex Morgan there too. So I, I would be nice. I don't expect they'll stay above 9,000 for this season. It'd be great if they stayed around 65, 7,000. Right. I think 7,000 would be a really good number for them to average. I would, yeah, I, I wouldn't be upset with 7,000. Yeah, if they were able to stay at 7,000, that that would that would be a good indicator. It, it is just one of those things where like when we were down there for the final, there just wasn't a lot of marketing. You you had to you had to look for it. Like, yeah, they have their own like stadium bar on one of those popular streets. I forget what the name of it was. But it's not like they were promoting it. You know, I think the team could do a better job of of doing that, but I also don't know how saturated the Orlando market is. That's a fair question. I have really no sense of that either. I mean, but good. I, I thought it was good showing. Good for showing from Utah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to walk away with three points. Mm-mm. But I think we've seen from them that they definitely intend to be contenders this season. So I'm excited to continue watching them. All right. Do you know? Should we move on to uh, to the Megan Rapino show? <laughs> oh, Seattle, Washington. What did we predict for this? Uh, so I predicted, uh, three to one, you predicted two to nothing, both Seattle over Washington. Mm -hmm. It ended two to one. So we both get points for predicting Seattle to win. Yeah. I so I got that, I got it right that Seattle would score two, but you got it right that Washington would get on the board. Exactly. You know, in retrospect, well, actually, I think it was a little surprising that Washington got on the board. Yeah. Um, well, not just that Washington got on the board, but who scored for Washington? That was nice. Joanna Loman scoring. It felt very symbolic. Right? The way Seattle was kind of running things earlier, and then it evened out, which, on the other hand, I told you. I told you Washington was not going to be that bad this season. True. They still lost. They still lost, but I think they were another team... Yeah, they were another team. Their sub list was really not that deep. So they're they're also counting on some players to heal up and, and join them back. So another team, give them a little time. I think they've the potential is there. I didn't entirely hate everything that I saw from them against Seattle. Uh, a lo- any other team in this league would have had trouble containing Megan Rapinoe the way she was playing. Megan Rapinoe was on fire. I mean, she got a goal and an assist. Um, she had some tricky plays. It was she's out of the gate playing like this, and yeah. I don't think we've seen Megan Rapino play at this level right at the start of the season. Like normally, it takes a few matches for her to kick in. I am terrified of what Vladko is going to allow her to do. So I'm wondering, is this like leftover Rapino juice from last season, or is this her going into the new season like at 100%? And you know, last season we were like, can Sam Kerr sustain it? Can she sustain it? So this question 
So this season being like, can Megan Rapino sustain this? I would love it if she did. I think that'd be great for the league. It would be great for the league, but I, I'm terrified. I'm terrified, and I just, I can't wish anything good for you, that team. You know what part of the problem was, though? Taylor Smith was completely unable to handle her. Taylor Smith from last season probably would have done a better job, but Taylor Smith from this season looks like somebody whose name rhymes with Schmil Schmalis just ruined her confidence. Yep. Uh, Megan Rapinoe was wreaking havoc on Taylor Smith. Normally... Taylor Smith is pretty confident in this level, even if Megan Rapinoe's peaking at, you know, peak Pino. She, Smith just... Peak Pino. Some of the stuff that she was doing, like, she would try to advance, and then she'd get stripped, and she'd come back and do something dumb, because she'd, you know, have to foul the player to, to interrupt the play. Just, she was not playing... She just wasn't playing as well as she did last season, like, as well mm-hmm. as we know that she can play. So, hopefully that's something that Gabara can work on with her. Not getting called in for this next national team roster has is not going to help her with that, though. No, it's not going to help with the mental game. But but that's where, you know, you you hope you have a good, strong support network that can really kind of check you. That's true. Hopefully she'll take not getting called in as like a challenge and not yep. a final decision. Yep. It'll it'll be interesting. Seattle's on by next week. Um, so this Megan Rapino momentum, um, you know, is going to have to wait. They travel to New Jersey at, in the middle of March. They play in New Jersey on tax day. That's the next time Seattle plays. And it's, it's one of those things that's, it has potential to throw, throw, you know, Megan Rapino off a little bit. We'll see. Maybe she can, um, like put on a mustache and play for another team. She can wear like a, a penny or something and be all-time attacker. So whoever has possession, they can pass to her. You you are ruining the professional game. <laughs> You're absolutely ruining Me single-handedly. This is supposed to be professional soccer. Uh-huh. Yeah, she can do it for Portland. She can play for Portland in her little penny and mustache. Ugh. Doesn't Portland love ironic mustaches? Isn't that right up your alley? Uh, if you watch a certain TV show, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and then uh, the Spirit actually play Orlando this coming weekend. So that'll be interesting as well to see how they're able to bounce back um, and what Orlando's able to, to put together. Mm-hmm. All right. Last game of the weekend, Houston-Chicago. It was a 1-1 tie. Houston surprised both of us, I think. Uh, absolutely. They looked dominant. I think part of it was <clears throat> Chicago really looked bad. Um, yes. Worse than we thought they would out of the gate. I understand that they had a last minute roster hit. Apparently Stephanie McCaffrey got sick morning of the game. Oh, so boy. So that was, you know, a sub that, or a starter that Rory Dames could not count on. And that maybe they kind of needed. But, you know, Houston looked like... They could be competent, and I think that's a testament to Vera Powell instituting, you know, some pretty big-time professionalism rules with that roster. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear things filtering out of Houston about, you know, Powell's determination, her organization, the the level of professionalism she seems to be trying to elevate at the club. If anyone can turn that club around, from what I hear early on, it seems like she's going to do her damnedest to do it. 
Well, and some of the things I was reading over the weekend, a very interesting observation that she had was that all of the teams in the NWSL play the same style. And it took me aback because I was like, wait, I want to argue with that. But then I get what she's saying, that this they all play American style soccer. Mm-hmm. And what she wants to do is she wants to bring the European style, um, which I think, you know, looking at the stats for this match, while I, my gut, my, my, my memory of this game, it is that, yeah, Houston was dominant over Chicago looking at the the different like possession scores it was almost a 40 60 split with Chicago owning more of the ball Mm -hmm. and they way out past Houston numerically 517 to 355 passes Chicago definitely was trying to set up a lot of one and two touch you know simple movement but uh, possession was not great like in terms of continuous possession it just wasn't great for either side Right. And, but Houston, you know, was dominant. I think from my perspective, looking at the crosses, looking at the shots, things of that nature, just very attack heavy, um, which I think speaks really well to, you know, what Houston has been missing in the past. You know, shots, crosses, things of that nature. I mean, things that could potentially score. Vera Powell is the best coach that Europe has ever. Sorry. Wow. The moment wow. you said things of that nature, it became Stephen A. Smith time. So Keep going. Keep going. No, 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 no. I, that's, I've exhausted my impression of him now. All right. Fine. Um, but, you know, I, I think I'm going to be eating my words about having Houston at the bottom of the barrel. Hmm. Who do you think is going to take their place there then? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I still want to see what Sky Blue has. That's true. We haven't seen um, all the teams play yet. Yeah, so I, I'm very intrigued to see what Sky Blue brings to the table. I did uh, I did think it was very interesting Chicago was able to score in stoppage time. Mm-hmm. Um, that just was a dagger. It was a nice header. Mm-hmm. Chicago, a lot of people noted correctly last season, they were a very 1-0 kind of team. You know, just kind of gritting their way through games, just grinding out results. Things -hmm. are going to have to change this season if they really want to make a serious run for that title. Yeah. Portland plays Chicago this weekend. So I'm, I don't know. I was like, I was watching that match just kind of also thinking, okay, what are we going to do? How are Mm -hmm. we going to break up some of these, some of this uh, attempt at possession or, or disrupt what's going on? Um, alongside things of that nature and kind of looking at Chicago, you know, they're not afraid to take shots from well outside the box. And unfortunately that's how uh, North Carolina scored on Portland. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember Sam Kerr was not available for Chicago. She was out on international duty. And she's still going to be out on international duty, right? I believe that they're playing the Asia cup, right? Uh, Runs six through 20th of April. So yeah, if they're so, still preparing, yeah. So oh. Chicago, they're gonna you have to. to uh, you you got to figure out how to how to make it work, but please not next weekend. Make it work, please not next weekend. Next weekend will be fun. It'll be it'll be crazy times in Chicago because uh, 
the Chicago Fire and the Chicago Red Stars are having an actual doubleheader. Oh, wow. Synergy. Yeah. Um, so the Red Star or the Fire versus the Timbers are happening the first match. Mm-hmm. And then the Red Stars versus the Thorns are happening the second match. So both Portland teams are in Chicago next on on the Saturday, and one ticket gets you into both matches. That's a good deal. People in Chicago and, should go. Yeah, and it's uh, it's going to be insane. Um, I've heard that they uh, are not that they Chicago does not traditionally cut off uh, beer sales during the first match if they're rolling into just rolling right into a second. Wow. So there's potential there for quite a bit of day drinking. That's uh, three halves of soccer's worth of partying that you could get in. (laughs) Plus halftimes, so. Yes, plus halftimes, plus, you know, the 30 minutes or whatever that they have to change the pitch over. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, in in Portland, we've had one or two doubleheader days, but... They were not a doubleheader like this, where one ticket got you into both games. They did not do the doubleheader when two of the same city's teams were there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is just fantastic for any Portland fan for either Timbers or Thorns going out to Chicago. Fantastic for Chicago fans who live there. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I, I think Chicago does this once a year. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's one of those things. You know who else Chicago doesn't have anymore is Kristen Press. Oh, we have to talk about this. Houston doesn't have her either. No NWSL team will, although Houston retains her rights. Press is going back. Which they very, very blatantly stated in their official comments. It was, um, there was some passiveness and some aggressiveness happening (laughs) (laughs) you might almost call call it uh passive and aggressive at the same time yeah yeah i i think i think you could say i think that that that's an accurate description Uh uh-huh she's going back to jotborg uh Uh in sweden she played for them there a couple years ago before she went to tereso but tereso folded so back to jotborg and um Hopefully she'll have a good time there. She tweeted that it was for three months. The club announcement said there might be an option to extend that contract. Maybe Press is trying to buy herself some time so that, you know, to give Houston more time to shop around. Or maybe she'll just stay in Sweden or she'll wait for the European transfer window to open and then end up going, you know, to PSG or something. Right. So here's how many more months does the Swedish league play, though? Like, it's only three more months, right? Until they then go on their own break. It it does run for three months because I'm looking at the calendar. It's running solidly through April, May, June, July, August, September, and October. So it's not three months. No, but her, her, her contract is just for three right, months. Right, 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 right. But, I mean, she could extend her contract. That's what the club press release said. There's Yeah, the, I, I, was, I was just wondering if for some reason the club only had, like, three months of matches and then was, like, taking the summer off for the Men's World Cup or something like that. Mm-mm. Nope. Looks like they're running pretty solidly. There is a a big break at in in July though. The games break off July eighth and then resume at the beginning of August. So there is a break in there. 
Okay. So I, I'm glad that Kristen Press landed with a club because mm-hmm. primarily that was why she was left off the April roster. Like mm-hmm. Jill Ellis flat out said it. Um, and it's just so laughable. I mean, I agree with you because it's it's not that Press was left off. If you don't have a club, then I agree that you shouldn't be getting called in over players who have been regularly training with clubs. But that didn't stop Jill Ellis before from precisely doing exactly that. Right. And what was the example? Who was the example there? <sighs> it was some player. <sighs> She's really tall. Scored a lot of goals. Scored a lot of goals, mostly with her head. I think she's from, like, Western New York. Who is from Western New York? Amy. Amy. Amy something. Mary. 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 No, no. I my, I remember. Uh, my father said her name was Amy Wombat. <laughs> That's what he called her once. Amy Wombat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Abby Wombach got called in by Jill Ellis despite being unattached and what didn't she announce before she got called in like she's just taking the season off to focus on preparing for the World Cup mm-hmm. like what utter hypocrisy from Jill mm-hmm. Ellis I don't think at that point in her career Abby Wambach was as good of a forward as Kristen Press is currently Correct. as a striker like Abby Wambach I feel like her impact... Okay, obviously she she has leadership qualities and there are intangibles in the locker room that she brings to the team. But on the field, I just don't think she was that instrumental in helping us win a World Cup. Not this one. No, not the 2015 one. Not the 2015, not the third star. I, you know, <clears throat> there can be a lot said for legacy players, but what... Jill Ellis has been open about regarding Kristen Press is, you know, you just have to laugh at the hypocrisy of U.S. soccer when thinking about the way that they rolled out the red carpet for Abby and they conceded and they gave her everything that she wanted. And maybe, maybe leaving Christian, Kristen off of this Uh, roster was indicative of they knew she was going to go to Sweden. Maybe. It didn't sound like it. It kind of sounded like all this is a clusterfuck and Sweden was just the trampoline at the bottom of the fall. But maybe they knew. And maybe they knew that, you know, she, that that travel wouldn't be necessary for her. It just, it's galling to see them not consistently apply rules. I'm a person who likes consistent application of rules, as we spoke about earlier with the refereeing. And just mm-hmm. in life, I like consistency. It's it's comforting to know that things will happen in a certain way if, you know, A, B, and C have previously happened. There's a lot of uncertainty in my life right now, Gab. I like certainty. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And that's why I'm really pr- pushing for you to move to Portland. But anyway, what? that's neither How here would nor that there. stabilize my life in any way? It wouldn't. <laughs> it would absolutely simplify your life. It would make my life way more expensive. No, uh, it would simplify your life. No, well, it would simplify life. my life in that I'd probably lose most of my possessions because I wouldn't be able to pay rent. So then, yes. In that way. How expensive do you think it is to live in Portland? Mm, look, I know I live in an expensive city. Boston's no joke, but I just... 
we'll we'll talk about this later. Can we not air out our dirty laundry <laughs> in front of it's all not these people? Dirty. This is this is not dirty at all. This is clean, sparkling Pacific Northwest breeze dried laundry. <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm just saying that you want consistency, move out here. That's a terrible you've you're gonna have to give me like a a, a PowerPoint later because I can't I, just I will. I'll connect all the dots. Thanks. I appreciate it. So I'm a very good presenter. Do you wanna make some score predictions now? Yeah, sure. Um so the first match is uh in Houston versus Utah. Houston, we saw just kind of shoot out of the gates. Mm-hmm. Utah, though, is looking like a contender. Yeah, I think they have their shit more together than other teams do at this point, a little bit. So what's your guess? Now, so here's something interesting. I thought Houston and having Mewis and Daly as their fullbacks, those two were actually pretty good in those positions. Mm-hmm. Daly especially. Mewis, maybe less so, but I don't think she's that bad a left back, considering, you know, where her career has played her for un- until now. <sighs> that right side attacking Mewis on the left, though, that's going to be rough, because that's going to be, once again, Matheson and O'Hara, and those two are only going to get better as they work out their partnership. I'm going to call this two to one for Utah. Two to one for Utah, okay? I am going to say that. We're going to get a screaming Becky Sauerbrunn goal. Ooh, sexy. I might, that might be a prediction I have for every Utah match until it happens. But I'm going to say that we're going to get the screaming Becky goal. It's in Houston. It's going to be really hot. Is it the NWSL game of the week? It's an 8 p.m. game. Oh, it's not going to be very hot. Okay. Oh, it's a Friday night game. Mm-hmm. Friday night lights in Texas. Uh, I'm going to say two to three Utah. That's going to be a fun gonna game. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. A five goal game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Fine. North Carolina Courage, Sky Blue FC. We've got North Carolina at home. We have not seen Sky Blue play yet. Mm, it all comes down to me whether or not Carly plays. Uh, I'm going to say one to one. You really think so, eh? Uh, no, but I really don't like North Carolina. Like I need to, I need to figure out how to think with my head and not with my heart. Just stop having feelings. Life's easier I, that way. I can't. I can't not have feelings. Turn off your emotions. Okay. Okay. North Carolina sky blue. I'm gonna say two to nothing. North Carolina. That's what I was gonna say, and you'll notice that like the one score we agreed on from last weekend was the one that was super wrong. Yeah. I kind of want to go back to one-to-one now. Go back to one-to-one then. All right, I'm going back to one-to-one. So I'm going to call two-nothing. All right. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next up, we've got the Spirit versus Orlando. For some reason, in the back of my brain, this is always going to be a rivalry. Spirit versus Orlando, really? Just, it's the whole Krieger and Harris thing. Oh, that, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, though. Like, the drama around, like, not protecting Harris as a, a in the expansion draft, I mean, you know? Uh, Krieger and Harris seem happier now, so it worked out in the end. They got a puppy. They got a puppy. That dog's cute. 
Right? I'm like, damn. I'm I appalled that they're not I want using... Puppy, I want puppy breath. I'm appalled they're not using the dogs of NWSL hashtag, though. Like, y'all are all falling down on it. There was that puppy day, and people were posting their dogs, and I was like, nobody's using the correct hashtag for this. Right? Dogs of NWSL. I, I dream for the day when NWSL teams all coordinate uh, bring your dog to the stadium day. Hey, I've said it before. Girls don't want boys. Girls want NWSL players to walk out with adoptable dogs. Oh, absolutely. Those dogs would get adopted so fucking fast. Yeah, just publicize it beforehand. Like, we, we have a shelter on hand. They'll walk out with adoptable dogs. Um, And then, you know, before and after the game, you can come meet our adoptable dogs and maybe give them a forever home. And let the players Instagram that shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right? The like content. Just let the dogs free in the locker room and let the players just PR the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So spirit versus pride. Am I going first? <laughs> how, did, how did we get on puppies? You talked about it first, about Allie National adopting that dog. Right, right, right. It was on this my is your fault. fucking fault. All right. Washington at home and not looking that bad. Orlando might be without Alex Morgan. Hold on, let me look at my notes from this game. Oh, come on. Don't use notes. That's cheating. Don't use previous evidence to inform future (laughs) conclusions. That's cheating. Oh, man. I feel like our score predictions are scientifically like Bad? testing oh okay. well, yes yeah, but, but they're, they're scientifically testing your your um methodical sensibilities and my like heart i'm gonna say two to one for orlando two to one for orlando yeah all right um i am gonna say two to one for washington Ooh. yeah right. i went there you think joanna loman's gonna score one of those goals Oh, maybe. I don't know. All right, final game. Probably. Chicago Red Stars hosting Portland Thorns FC. Uh, What do you got? Come on, tell us about your hopes and fears. Give us your... My hopes hopes are three to nothing Portland. My fears are zero to two Chicago. So what's your truth then? My truth is two to nothing Portland. Hmm. You know, Chicago was such a mess against Houston and Portland was less of a mess. I think they have less distance to go to pull it together. Even though they're traveling, I'll give this one nothing to Portland. Yes. So it's not the same score. So we didn't jinx it. Right. Yeah. So can I... We're good. Am I allowed back in Portland again now? Oh, yeah, you're totally allowed to move here. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. You're, like, going to be standing at the airport with immigration control or whatever. Why would I be there with immigration control? I don't know. Maybe I'm, for some reason, coming in from out of the country. I don't know why. I don't know. You could be coming from Canada. We like Canada. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll get to Canada at some point soonish. We used to go all the time. Hmm. So those were our score predictions for week two of NWSL. We did okay in week one going on zero data. Yeah, going on zero data. Um, you, well, hold on. Let me see if I can do, what was our point structure last time? Three points for a totally right answer. Uh-huh. Two points if you got the winner right. 
Right. And was it one point one if you point got the number of goals? The number of goals. So we got and zero. You got five points. Yeah. And I think I got two points. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Zero. So season's already off to a great start. There we go. Two. Yeah, I got zero points. Or I got two points. You got five points. Okay. So early lead. I'm uh, already at number one in the standings. But let's not forget, last year at one point, Boston was number three in the standings. I'm totally okay being bottom of the league, bottom of the table after week one. I have no... Don't mind uh, being a bottom? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have no problem being on the bottom. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Goodbye.